I've always been intrigued by the stories of people in the jewelry industry who make these items, what inspires them and brings them to this world. I'm here to share their stories. This is A Thousand Facets. Liz Katner has dedicated her professional life in developing, supporting, and discovering talented artists. She has created an incredible community with the Stay Gold Collective, where she not only supports independent artists, she gives them the tools to be successful in the business. Hope you enjoy our interview. Hi, Liz. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> good, good. So, um... I'm like thinking back my memories and I'm like really going back to where we met. Like I remember we met on originally online, like we follow each other um, when you were working with Todd Reed. And then I have the, this big memory and I'm really hoping that this is the real thing. But I met you at the first JA show when we when you curated it, um, the, the new designers area. Um, and I have a feeling that we met there. We uh, must have met there. Like that <laughs> must be where we met because that was probably one of the first New York trade shows I went yeah. to. Yes. So naturally. Exactly. Because I didn't do couture during that time. And I I have a feeling that that's where we met. And, you know, we've had like a really nice friendship for the past, I don't know, how long? 10 years? Oh my gosh. Nine it's years? It's been a long time, which is amazing. <laughs> it's crazy. Um, And, you know, it's like I, I usually... I love what you're doing. I love what you've been doing for so long and I follow your trajectory. So um, can we start from the beginning? Yeah. Where where did you grow up? So I grew up in Yardley, Pennsylvania. It's Ooh. a town about 40 minutes north of Philadelphia. And yeah, that's where I grew up. And then I ended up going to college in Philadelphia and spent some time there. I worked in digital marketing and then I had the opportunity to move to Denver, Colorado, which is where my jewelry journey began. Yeah. Do you have a first memory of jewelry? Yeah. So my grandmother loved jewelry, not fine jewelry, costume jewelry. And so she had all the, she would always be wearing these like big, like clip on button earrings. And she actually had this giraffe brooch that I still think about. It's um, at my aunt's house and I keep reminding her that I want it but it's this big giraffe brooch I remember her having but she really loved this like you know and it's what she could afford what we yeah. can afford I wasn't around too much fine jewelry I actually didn't even know that fine jewelry existed I didn't know much about handcrafted jewelry or anything like that I just knew about you know vintage costume jewelry um, and then I got really into some of the more demi-fine designers and yeah. some of the more like fun um, playful yeah. jewelry you could wear and then actually a lot of people don't know this but I did actually try my hand at making jewelry when I was in um, high school and college and a little after college but it was not great <laughs> and it was very crafty and I would take vintage components and make um, pieces and I sold a few of them but it, it was not great and I oh. will not show you so what what inspired you to do that I think that I just like have always kind of been interested in adornment and like, mm -hmm. you know, where like wearing unique pieces and, you know, expressing yourself in that kind of way. And I've always been more into the accessories aspect of things than the clothing aspect of things. So it's always kind of like the thing that kind of took your outfit to the next level. And that was around the time when like statement necklaces were really big and stuff like that. So oh, I remember um, that. <laughs> yeah, you remember those days. So I think I just like 
you know, I didn't have a budget to spend on stuff. So I was like, let me just try making it. Yeah. Well, that's cool. So, um, so you feel like your grandma, uh, informed your taste in jewelry in a way? I think a little bit. Um, she passed away when I was in high school. So mm-hmm. I really, sometimes I sit and think about like what, how she would, you know, feel about, you know, that access I have to designer jewelry now because I think she'd really have appreciated that Mm -hmm. um but I certainly love big earrings like I feel like that kind of completes a look and I feel like she kind of went that direction with how she wore her jewelry too yeah that's awesome so you study marketing can you tell me what inspired her to to go in that round so I actually wanted to go to school for entrepreneurship like I had always wanted to work for myself Mm -hmm. um I think it's just because I have big ideas and I don't love authority (laughs) in a sense, but then I like, you know, thinking about it. I also, you know, I wanted to be an artist too, but I'm, I'm not very good. So I kind of swayed myself away from that. Um, so marketing felt like a good place. Like, you know, it, it involved creativity It involved, um, business, you know, and it just like felt safe, I guess. So I just kind of rolled with that. Oh, I love that. And I think it's, it's, it really has informed a lot of things that you're doing right now. So how did you went from like Philly, starting in Philly and then moving to Denver? So, well, it's kind of wild. So I went to Drexel and they had um, internship programs. So you mm-hmm. get a lot of experience and networking going. I was really involved in like the business community at Drexel. I like getting involved in things, but What's really interesting is I was working for this healthcare communications company and um, it was like, you know, I was copywriting for like some really boring pamphlets and stuff like that. And it just was not filling my soul. And I was commuting with um, this guy I had met uh, through the internet, just, you know, (laughs) chit-chatting and stuff like that about business. And he was like, Hey, you know, I work at this digital marketing company and, um, you know, you're really into like blogging and the internet and stuff like that. And I'd love to like, you know, set up an interview. And and so I just through like conversation with a person on the train, I met my next manager, Roman, who I think about often because he told me once he was like, if you're handed it, you can handle it, which I think about a lot when I'm like feeling very overwhelmed or I'm like, why did this happen to me or anything like that? And so I had this opportunity to work in digital marketing where this was before Instagram. So we were working with bloggers, we were copywriting, we were um, thinking about Twitter strategies and Facebook strategies, and it was a really good entry point for me into digital marketing. And it was something I loved. I'd been blogging for many years. I was very into the internet. So that was a really great transition. And it kind of set me up for where I am now. And um, I was dating this guy at the time who decided he was moving to Denver, Colorado. And I was kind of at that point working at this agency for a couple of years. And I was like, okay, well, maybe I'll do that too. You know, I was kind of feeling ready to like, I I felt a little confined in Philadelphia. Like I was kind of born Mm -hmm. and raised nearby and spent a lot of time there. And I was like, maybe I should try something new. So I quit my job, packed up my car, everything fit in my trunk and I moved to Denver. And when I was job searching there, because I had no connections, I had no plan. I found a job on Craigslist as social media manager for Todd Reed. And I got that job. And that's how I got the jewelry industry. (laughs) 
but the, and that's the, the interesting thing is like you know how you, it kind of like just came out of nowhere like it's just like it just happened craigslist you know like you remember craigslist when you can actually find a job there because i have i have found jobs at craigslist too yeah it was um, wild <laughs> uh yeah and so how was the learning process for you in the jewelry um the, uh, because Todd Reed is an extremely incredible artist that has made basically rough diamonds his signature. And he actually put them out in the map because nobody was used. Like people were using them before him, but he really established them as something that is wearable and beautiful and can be precious as well. I didn't truly appreciate it at the time, but looking back, I really see working there as a master's degree for (laughs) myself because I learned so many aspects of the jewelry industry and I was able to really immerse myself in a lot of things. And they put a lot of trust in me and gave me a lot of opportunity. So I'm forever grateful for all of that. And at the time, what's really interesting is when I started working there and that was in 2012, alternative bridal really was a new concept. And Um, natural colored diamonds was something that was really fresh to the industry. I didn't know anything. I still don't know much about white diamonds. So (laughs) I was so enamored because the first thing Todd told me was, you know, you need to go into the shop every single day because he had his um, shop of goldsmiths right attached to the, uh, everything was in the same building. And so he was like, you got to go in there every day because that's kind of the heart of what we're doing here. And I remember the first time I saw them working on this, these, these pieces of metal, like the raw materials and that being formed into a work of art that you could wear. I just, I had no idea that that was possible. I love that. I will be there all the time. I will be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Where are you sitting? That's what I did. They were, they were like, oh, Liz is in the shop again. (laughs) I will definitely do that because I think it's such an immersive, like you really invest in the artists and like you really understand how things are made when you go in the and like sit beside them on the bench I know it's not comfortable for them because like nobody wants to be having a set of eyes looking at them but I think it's just so it's so inspiring to look at somebody on a bench they were really good sports about it they like really uh, you know got used to it and appreciated it because I think that they they liked that I was telling their story too that they were yeah. like a part of this process which a lot of times you know it's just the designer and you don't hear much from the bench jewelers yeah or the goldsmiths and I think that that's you know they're making the piece their hands are on it and I think you know that's exactly. a really important story to tell and I think that that all of this is what makes me really good at marketing helping jewelry designers market and um, figure out how to get their brand out there because I understand what goes into what they're making. Exactly. And I think that a lot of people haven't seen that. Yeah. And that, and that's the, the important thing. And that's what we are doing. The things that we're doing is just sharing those stories, creating the, the narrative of like, this is something that is handmade. This is not a factory made. This is not computer made or you know, some designers use computer, but it's not, but it's like, it's still, there's like a human heart behind it. And that's what I love about jewelry and like, like handmade jewelry making is just that process that people really take for granted when they go to like a big box store and just buy something. They don't understand that, you know, like when you buy from like an independent artist it's like it's, you're really buying from their soul a little bit and once you know you can't go back 
I you know, know right? the difference. You can't go back. <laughs> you know, and that's like the thing that I really like it makes me so happy when I see like somebody posting process I'm just like oh my god and like when I give a gemstone to somebody and it's like make me something or like I commission work and just like and I ask them to send me photos of the process and I enjoy it so much it's like one of my favorite things so um so when so you're there how long you're being with Todd I was there for about five years and then I was again feeling confined (laughs) (laughs) wanting to reject authority and ready to try something new and around that time um unfortunately Cindy Edelston had passed away and she was a big force in the industry she was Mm -hmm. a really big advocate for emerging designers and she curated the new designer gallery so there was kind of a hole to fill there um and I was reached out to to do that and it felt like a really good opportunity for me it felt like a natural direction and it also was um, a consulting job so I was able to take on other clients as well and I think my first client in terms of um, managing social media uh, their page as a consultant was Daria DeConing mm-hmm. and she was a good friend of mine I actually forget how I met her exactly but we worked together for many years after that but she was one of the first designers that that I took on as a social media consultant. Yeah. So um, how do you pick the designers when, when you were doing the JA curation? How do you pick them? Well, why did it inspire you to do that? The first JA New York show, I really just reached out to designers that I loved that had not, I had not seen doing trade shows um, and just designers that I was like really fascinated by. And so that's kind of where I started. And that's how I still think I have access. I think I still have a list of designers that I'm just like really intrigued by um, and would be interested in working with or or knowing more about. And so that's kind of where I started. And I did always, you know, I always make sure that there's like no overlap. And I think that first new designer gallery like felt really special because it was some really unique voices that were emerging that had not been showcasing that space before and they all complemented each other so much because mm-hmm. they were so unique yes no and I and I and I love that I I really I went to pretty much every day that you curated and it was just really nice to see this new faces and and people that have not been out there so much and and it's just really nice to be able to like showcase the new names you know because I feel like a lot of people just like get like stuck with like this like uh, 10 names and that's it and I feel like there's so much that if you go really deep you can find like amazing art definitely I think that for buyers and for retailers I think it's tough to spend that much time researching and digging and because they just like they have so much on their plates I mean everyone I just feel like is just at capacity especially (laughs) now and so I think that by having the opportunity to curate that and also who I share on my Instagram page at this point since I don't curate um, that show anymore I'm really thoughtful about that and my goal is to get them in front of these buyers and make it easier for these buyers to discover new people that they might want to follow or like you know pay attention to you to potentially bring into their store yeah and and that and that's one of the things that I do what I do the thing is that it's like really hard because um you really start sometimes like who should I bring and I'm like oh my god <laughs> there's like a huge list of people and it's very hard to like you know 
edited but I'm like I just love everybody it's like somebody asked me the other day it's like what's you in your in your jewelry wish list and I'm like just look at my page <laughs> that's, that's my jewelry wish list it's like everybody that I post is like something that I will wear that's it you know like that's nothing else um so how long you were in the in the JA um family uh several years I stopped working with them in September of 2019 so right before the pandemic and I my entire life was kind of making this transition at that point and I felt like I should just start fresh <laughs> a little <laughs> bit and so um I moved on from that and now I just work with um uh, brands managing their content strategy and managing their social media platforms. So I only work with a handful of brands at this point. And then I also have a community called the stay gold collective, which I created, I think in 2018. And I created that because I was, you know, researching and reaching out to some of these designers I really wanted to work with, but, um, to hire a consultant full-time is very expensive. So yeah. I wanted to provide an opportunity that was a little bit more affordable. So I could really work with some of the designers I was really interested in. Yeah. I love that. So can you tell, can you tell me what do you do with the designers at the stay gold? Yeah. So it's a, it's kind of like this, it's, you know, I'm a, a little bit like, creative and uh, creative minded. So it's a little bit free form, but what I do is uh, I show up weekly and we do live zoom chats and I talk about what I think, you know, they should be focusing on at any given time. So right now we're talking about planning for 2023, for example. And then, um, you know, we do holiday planning. We cover, you know, I just did a, a content um, planning workshop and I walked everyone through how I go about content planning for the brands I work with and gave them homework and helped them figure out how to do their own content planning. So a lot of it is within the sales and marketing realm. And then I also bring in experts from the industry and outside the industry to chat with the group too, at least once a month. Um, we just talked to Zoe, the owner of Fox's Seattle. And that was a really brilliant conversation. Um, and we also just spoke with Amy Wilson oh, about Amy. PR. I know you I, love her. She's I love great. Amy. Amy's the best. Like the, Amy has such a interesting way of doing PR. She's just not like, I don't, I, I just like, she's not a BS kind of person. She's, she's very so smart. She's so smart. She's so like uh, honest and hardworking. And I adore her to pieces. <laughs> yeah. And she thinks outside the box, which I think is really good. Yes. And something when I'm consulting, you know, it's, I have a, a, almost a hundred designers in the Stagel Collective, but I still try to give as much individual support as possible and talk about the different ways that you can go about doing things. Because for every designer, especially in an artistic space and a handcrafted space, it's so important to really think about your audience and how to make your band, your brand and your business work for you exactly. versus putting yourself in this like cookie cutter, like, oh, everybody needs to do it this way to find success. Yeah. So I'm really about designers finding their own voice and their own footing. And that's the important thing. It's like, you, you, like, I just feel like a lot of designers like, oh, well, this earring is like what's happening right now. We should all do this earring. It's like, no, it's not about that. I am so against trends so much because it's like trends is just something so like it's a fad it's something so flitting like why don't you find your voice why don't you find who you are as an artist and why you don't create the, the things that speak to you it's not about following whatever is 
put the name you know is doing it's like how what are you doing that is gonna that is showing who you really are as a designer and it it not nothing works exactly the same for everybody and like people compare themselves to each other and that really bothers me because it's like no like you never should compare you should strive to be better you should strive to be yourself you should strive to like find your own voice definitely and I really want to be supportive in that and help them you know, once they have their voice, like, okay, well, how can we make your business successful? How can we make it work for you? How can we help it grow? Yeah. And that's the important thing. It's like, everybody is like, like people like to think of black and white. And I don't, I think that there's so many shades of gray in between. And, And it's just, and that's the exciting part to me. You know, it's like not everybody does well in in trade shows. Not everybody does well, like online. Not everybody does well. You know, it's just like, but you have to find your audience. There's an audience for everybody. (laughs) But yeah, that's actually going back to what Cindy Edelson used to say. She she used to say there's a a place for everyone in this industry, and I fully agree with that. I think that there's a lot of opportunity for any designer who has their own unique perspective. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I, I, I always joke around that it's like everywhere on the internet, there's going to be like one person that is looking for something specific and they're going to find it <laughs> in any way or shape or form. And those are the things that really, um, really make somebody unique. And I'm all about that. I'm all about just like finding your own path. Um, so how do you start at working and success with jewelry? Oh, yeah. So that was a collaboration that I started with Larissa Wurstiak. Uh, She is the founder of Joy Joya Marketing. So she's another great marketer within the industry. And we started kind of within the pandemic, we started meeting on Fridays to just chit chat and catch up because there's, you know, I'm cultivating community all of the time. And that's something I love to do. But then I often forget to seek my own community. And I was feeling like I really need that because working for yourself is you're on an Island and a lot of designers can relate to that. And I want to bring them into a world of other designers they can connect with. But for myself, I'm like, Oh my gosh, who should I talk to? (laughs) And (laughs) so we started meeting every week and we were having these like really interesting conversations about marketing and ideas and all these things. And we're like, you know, we want to help designers because she comes from kind of a similar place to me and has a great podcast already at where she's giving marketing tips and talking about all of this great stuff to help jewelry designers. And so the first thing we launched was a webinar series where we walk designers through everything they need to know to set their business up for success with digital marketing in the jewelry industry. So we did this great series. It was a lot of fun, but then we were like, how can we give more regular, consistent help for free and like give more support to designers. And Larissa's like, well, I already podcast, like let's, you know, have a podcast together. And she does all the hard stuff. And I just, you know, chit chat and manage the Instagram page. (laughs) (laughs) But it's been been really fun because I love talking and I have a lot of ideas that I don't necessarily have a place to share. I mean, certainly I could write blog posts, but that's a lot of work and it's hard to do. So having... (laughs) It's a lot. Writing is hard, everyone. Writing is hard. <laughs> it's really hard. I do it for my clients and all of that. And it's, it's you know, something I do for work. So doing podcasting feels like something a little bit more fun for me yeah. outside of work. Um, so anyway, that's kind of how it came about. And I, I'm like of the, I'm, you know, I love bringing designers together. And I think that the, the more people you have 
you know, supporting you, like, you know, a rising tide lifts all boats kind of uh, mentality. So I love, you know, partnering with Larissa who would, you know, maybe be a competitor in a sense, but uh, it's, it's been really nice to have somebody else to talk specifically about jewelry marketing with. And I think that we've been giving out really, really good information. Yeah, you have. Yeah. I've been listening to it and I, and I really like it. And and you guys have like, you know, it's, it's, they're like 15 minutes. They're very quick and easy. And, and it's just like, it's just like points that you have to take care of on a daily basis, you know? So it's like you, you post it. It's like, work on this, work on this. How about this? And I think it's so good because it's like sometimes we're, we live such a, such a crazy life that it's like, you know, the artists, because they're doing everything on their own, they get so overwhelmed. And I think that what you guys are doing is just like, just concentrate on this right now. Concentrate yep. on this. Right <laughs> I'm so passionate about providing actionable advice. Yeah. Uh, it's something that you can actually do and you yes. can do and you'll see results from it. Exactly. And, and, those, and those are the things that, you know, you need, you need that voice in your head that is like, or in their ears, <laughs> in your case, that is just telling you, it's like, just, just work on this. Like take five minutes to do this thing and it's going to work. And I think that that's really important because like, like I said before, it's like people just get so overwhelmed and so stressed about when they see the big picture. And then it's like, when you like, just look at things in a very list way, it helps so much. Yeah, it does. And, you know, I'm so glad you're doing a podcast because jewelry designers love podcasts. Just because they're at they their best. They need they something do. to listen to. They need something to listen to. And I, and, I, I, and I think that there's so much stories out there and we all have to learn from each other. And I love that you're, I, I was in London a few weeks ago and maybe when this podcast comes out, it's going to be like a few months ago. <laughs> But um, I was like talking to somebody and they were like, oh, I'm part of this uh, community. And I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. And I love her. And she's like, I love her, too. And like, it was just like a really nice thing that your your common community is like built. You're building your community, but it's transcending time and, you know, like in space, because like, you know, you have people in Europe, you have people in the East Coast and the West Coast, like all this stuff. And then you feel that you have a family in a way. And that, and that's what I like about what's happening right now in this era, because I feel like maybe 30 years ago or 40 years ago, designers were just like in their bubble and they were like, I don't want anybody to copy me or whatever. And they were so secretive and they were, it was just like a very competitive. And now I feel people, yeah, you have to have your own, techniques that maybe you want to keep to yourself because those are the techniques that you have built I'm not saying that you should share everything but I feel that people are more open they're more uh like community based and it's it feels it feels so refreshed just because I like in my line of work I I work with some old guard people and new guard people and you can see the difference of like just the way that they behave with each other. And I think that I just love now the way that we are building this community. We're creating, being positive with each other and we champion each other. It's not like this competition in a way. Yeah, we all want to do business. But at the same time, not everybody, like for example, like I know designers that are like, oh, well, 
this person asked me to do this type of ring, but it's not my style. I'm just going to give it to this. I'm going to suggest to this other person that that's their style. And that I think is really important. Yeah. And that'll come back to them in a really great way. But I think I, you know, coming into the industry, working for someone like Todd Reed, who was more of the new age mentality and not the old school uh, jewelry designer community, he was so supportive of emerging designers and he'd pick up the phone anytime somebody called and asked a question, a designer had a question about something. And he was very supportive of anyone because he knew his own voice. He knew who he was and he wasn't afraid of sharing the wealth a little bit, the knowledge, because it is a hard industry to figure out. And I think that, oh, wow. Where was I going with this? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, oh, what I was going to say is kind of the idea for the Stay Gold Collective came from curating the new designer galleries, because what I came out of each time I curate it, what I came out of it realizing is that these designers really connect it. And oftentimes they would do like events or collaborations or stay in touch and really continue to support each other past that trade show. And I saw the power in that. And I was like, I want to create something where I can harness that power and support it and build it up even more. Well, that's the thing is like, and that's the exciting thing because you get to create this incredible community that is going to grow and help each other. And like, like, and, and this is the, the thing that people really don't understand is like, when you help each other, you, you all grow at the same pace. And then there's like this, um, I was listening to the podcast and somebody that I'm going to butcher right now. Um, uh, It was the saying that said that a candle doesn't lose their fire by lighting another candle. I, I, I'll find it. I'll say it better. But I love that, that proverb because it was like really like I've never thought of it that way. And it's so true. It's like we all can shine if we all just help each other and build each other up. And 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 I hate competition, like like mean competition. Like it's it's good to have like a healthy competition that is like, no, I'm just gonna be better. But like this thing of just like bashing somebody to for me to get on top of you is not the right way to go. And also people talk, people like, you know, there, there's like I can tell you it's like, no, don't work with the person. I want personally to work with good people that are positive, that are loving, that are supporting, supportive. And that is like so important to me. And I, and that's what I love about you, that you're like so supportive. You create, so, you have created such a great community. People love you. Anytime that I, that your name is out there, people are like, I love Liz. I love Liz. She's so supportive. She's so great. And that is something that we really need to harvest more. I agree. And I also am like endlessly grateful that I attract good people because I've had very few negative experiences in this industry. And I'm always just so in awe of some of the people who have come into my orbit because they are just the best, most talented people. And so, so also so supportive of other designers and wanting to help. Yeah, and that's and that's the exciting part. And you know, it's like seeing these people like, you know, you've been to my dinners I do during New York now. They're amazing. Uh um I do a dinner, like we do a by by annually dinner, and it's like between ten and fourteen women, mostly once in a while, a gentleman, but <laughs> it's mostly women. And when you come, I love because you also like we talk about 
how we feel about each other. What's like, what do we respect of each other? And it's such a beautiful um, conversation. And it's so important because we all come out of it so uplifted. And I think that those are the things that we miss. And I, I it, like every twice a year, I just look so forward to find, to have that dinner. And I, we've missed you. You haven't been with us, you know, you know, I'm going to be back. I hope so. I hope so. It's, it's such a fun dinner. It's like really funny because like designers come and they're like, are we doing the dinner? Like they have like their Sundays is like on hold for that dinner. And that means a lot to me that the fact that they, they, they love doing that. And they all talk to each other and they, and you see them sometimes they like go and, and, and tell each other is like, use this person, don't use this person, go here, go there. And it's so amazing that they all are not afraid of, of helping each other. So, I mean, you shouldn't have fear in that if you know who you are. And that's something I provide, um, in the Stigo collective too, we have like this huge list working list of resources so that there's like a place to go if you need to buy pearls or you need to order packaging or anything like that it's just hard to find that information and that's amazing and I love that you're doing that collective it's very very important and you're you're doing it's a service you know it's like you're doing a service you're doing a community and a service which is very very needed in this community I don't think that many people do that I don't I don't think so yeah certainly not in the jewelry industry I'd say this is really the only one, but even when you look outside of the jewelry industry, I think that, you know, coming back to my point of a lot of things are really like, you know, do these five steps and you will find success. And I don't think as many people think about business and growing a business in such a organic kind of holistic way where it's like, you know, you really need to know your audience, know your brand, know your specific goals and who you are before you can kind of figure out the steps you need to take. And it's different for all of you. Um, so I think that while it's a group program, it's still very personalized in a sense. And there's a lot of one-on-one contact and conversation and feedback. I love that. So where do you see yourself growing the stay gold? How, how do you visualize it and where, where would you like to take it? I would love to figure out a way to have a traveling like stay gold um collection of jewelry that's kind of a dream of mine to like get their their collections in stores or like to be seen or maybe it's like a virtual store that's kind of been a a big goal of mine um recently is because i really want to not only give them you know the information on how to grow i also want to be a platform for them and I want them to you know get that exposure so that's one thing another thing is like in-person kind of conf- I don't want to call it a conference that sounds kind of like you know um, button down this, <laughs> this yeah, like, just like want- a meadow yeah. and you know somewhere in the meadow we're gonna get to <laughs> yeah um well Asheville I mean I live in Asheville now and it's like you know this is a dream place to meet so I I picture everyone coming here and us all like getting together and doing something really fun so that's another thing I see um so those are kind of the two big goals for me is like how can 
I get offline more and um, get out in person because one of my favorite things in the world is when members of the collective meet in person different places and they're like oh my gosh this is awesome also a smaller dream of mine is to get to Tucson because I know a lot of these designers go to Tucson and I've never been before and I really want to go Tucson scares me so much same same that's why I haven't gone (laughs) you know it's like I'm like I'm gonna end up Pawning my house and just live in gemstones. Yeah, yeah. You would need to have a budget, a really a, budget. Yeah, but that the budget goes out the window easily when the moment that I see like something absolutely stunning, and I'm just, I need to, I, I cannot go. It's like every time that I go to a gem show, and even if they're smaller ones, I end up end up with like ten things, and I. I, I have like all this, like this is a, <laughs> I have all these gemstones that are absolutely beautiful and are just there. And I'm like, if I were to set all these stones, it's going to cost me something <laughs> because I commissioned the work. So I just like once in a while, I like maybe like three times a year. But the other thing is that I have opals that I, you know, get from Lauren and I just like, I for me like they're more of a priority because they mean so much more to me so I just give the opals first and then everything else has just go on the wayside so I have a lot of opal jewelry right now and everything else is just kind of like on the silence so once in a while I just like um I have like I I send out like a super seven that is like really cool and I give it to this artist and I'm like just do something let's start to look at them so I'm just like I cannot buy I think you're not allowed to go to Tucson no I'm not I am definitely not it's very very dangerous I have a small obsession with obsession with gemstones so that's very very hard (laughs) but I think you will have fun there I think you're more measured than me I'm not I so it's interesting I don't see gemstones alone like as something I'm excited about I need to see it in the finished piece of jewelry so I don't know if I would ever buy a gem and send it to someone I I don't know I don't love love gemstones I love doing that (laughs) I like seeing the finished pieces I'm very into the design yeah um, and less about the material specifically so but you know it's like I I don't like gemstones (laughs) I love gemstones so much and I just like I buy something and then I put things together and I just send it to somebody and be like do something and then like I just love the process so it's like I I I pick like four or five designers a year if I can if I if my budget allows I'm not you know not rich but like if the budget allows and I do payment plans which is like I always recommend people as for payment plans artists will do it and I just give them something and they they send me sketches and they like what do you think about this and I'm like can you take this down or whatever and I just it's it's my favorite thing and then when I see the the end product I just get so excited but like the process is like the most exciting thing to me yeah that's so cool very (laughs) cool most recently I I got a um I picked the aquamarine because my son was born in March and now I'm obsessed with aquamarines. I yes. never realized how pretty they were. Oh, I love, especially when they have inclusions inside. Oh, they're so, so beautiful. And it comes in so many like soft blues and then mm-hmm. vibrant blues. But I picked this really soft blue cabochon um, aquamarine and always Alita set it in a um, signet ring for me. And 
So I did do this before. I did pick a gemstone and have a design made. Yeah, she did it. She did it. <laughs> I have, I, I, I don't know. It's just like, I, I swear that it's like one of my favorite things. It's like very, I'm, I, I'm, I mean, I'm not very difficult. I think like, I think, I don't know, ask anybody that has worked with me <laughs> when I commission something, but I try to give the artists um, full range. And, you know, like sometimes I would say, no, I will not want it big, that big or like that small. And like, I, I, you know, of course the budget is like, what's the budget? <laughs> there, has, there was one designer that wouldn't give me the budget until it was kind of like, ready to work and I was like yeah I cannot afford that <laughs> it was like too much um so I I love that I love that you're doing all these different things I love that you're creating this amazing community I I just want to see you thrive I want to see you really be just a name that everybody will recognize which they do like right now it's just like a lot of people know exactly who you are and I love that thank you so much very, very important. So I have some compulsory questions that I like to ask people, sure. uh, which you already answered the first one right now. It's like, what's your favorite gemstone? <laughs> which Aquamarine. I'm <laughs> so into it. <laughs> I love it. I, I think it's, I love Aquamarines. They're absolutely stunning. Um, what's your favorite metal? Uh, gold. But, you know, I really love 18 karat gold. I love 22 karat gold. I love textured gold. Oh, I love, love gold. Uh, well, you know, this is, you're not an artist, but I, you've seen a lot of people working on the bench. What's your favorite technique or tool? I am so interested in hand forging mm. and, you know, having seen Lauren Nicole do chasing in repose, mm-hmm. that's an incredible technique that yes. I've seen several artists do that before, but just the planning that needs to go into that and then watching the process of it. I think that's just incredible. I know. I love it. I love how it's just like with the hammer, it's just like everything mm-hmm. is just like, Oh, I love it. Um, who's your favorite artist? Doesn't need to be jewelry can be like anything that is just inspire you. Oh my gosh. Um, wow. Uh, Hilma F. Clint. Hmm. Uh, she, she did an ex, position or a, an exhibition at the um, Guggenheim mm. a few years ago and her um, paintings and her art is just like really incredible and really fascinating to me oh I love to uh, I have to check that out you should send me some pictures of it I'm, I'm very yeah. curious now um and then you know in the jewelry world I think one of the most exciting artists is Lauren Nicole. I mean, I talk about her all the time. So, you know, nobody's going to be surprised by this. Well, but I, I think that she. I love her story. Yeah, her I love her story. story. It's amazing. She's so young, and mm-hmm. she's just so advanced at her skills, mm-hmm. and then she's just like constantly creating. And yeah. I've worked closely with her and she's just like such a calm, like person. Yes, too. I think she's I know. just really amazing. <laughs> but also the fact that she's like so into archaeology and how the archaeology, um, like you can see the archeolo- her archaeology background in her work. I think that that's so beautiful. She made me a little charm pendant that I absolutely love 
with oh, the that's such a good charm. I know it has like the ant and like the, you know the the granulation. The ant is like walking through the granulation, and I love that. That charm is such a good good one. It's 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 very exciting to see the things that she comes up with for sure. I agree. And then just one more, Gabriella Kiss. Oh, I mean, another well, one nobody will be surprised by, no. but I'm endlessly interested <laughs> in Gabriella Kiss and what she's doing. I would love to meet her one day. It's, it's definitely uh, Judy Guybe is friends with her and she's told me, it's like, well, you, you know, when I go to visit, you can come and whatever. I'm like, can I go? Oh, can I do like that? Situation. So she, I've told this story before, but she was at the J in New York show. I heard rumblings uh, when I was like, you know, working in my new designer gallery and I heard rumblings that she was there and I oh ran over to the gem section and searched for her and I found her and I met her and I talked to her for like two minutes but <laughs> I will never forget I've never met her I emailed her once and she emailed me back and we had like a like a and she invited me to her studio but I'm like I don't know it's like if I can do it's that so scary. it's so scary but I use so her her husband is a furniture designer and he used to have a store in Hudson and it was the most beautiful store and it had the most incredible, um, it was a box, it was a glass box that it was like six, six feet wide by like three feet wide, like, uh, um, you know, whatever. And it was like four feet high or more no more it was like higher than me and it was half was Gabriela Kiss jewelry half was Ted Muglin and it was like I will go there and just drool just looking at everything it was so beautifully curated so beautiful so it, it was just such a gorgeous space and it like the the for me the furniture was like secondary like the jewelry was like the you know the 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 stage you know and the performer there it's like going into August in LA oh, no. it's like just glass cases of I know. the most gorgeous jewelry um, I, I went there once store. and it was just like like my Disney World you know it was just like such a stunning space and Bill is so nice so nice He's so nice He's I love nice him but, I know. Um, JB Jones and I, JB Jones of Jewelry Week, and I do a monthly wish list, mm. and we did a whole one dedicated to Gabriella Kiss, and she <sighs> watched it. <laughs> oh, that's so exciting! She sent us a nice message. Oh, that is so sweet. I love that. I love that. Um, so what's your favorite thing to listen while you work? So I love audiobooks. I'm very into audiobooks. Um. Libro.fm is the alternative to Amazon, whatever oh. Amazon's Audible platform is. Oh. So if you're looking for an indie platform to listen to audiobooks, Libro.fm. Oh, anyway, so I love good. audiobooks. That's that's good to know because I have um, the audiobook that I, I don't use Audible because I am refused to, but I use audiobooks and then I heard that it was part of Audible and I'm like, no, I need to do something about it. So yeah. I'm definitely going to check Libra.fm. Um, you are going to be the queen of this answer, but do you have any advice for future jewelry artists? Oh, wow. Um, really know your brand and know your audience and know your goals before you <laughs> kind of start moving ahead. Uh, because knowing those things, that's the foundation of 
who you are and what you're doing. And it will help direct where you're going. I'd also say that thinking about, you know, where we're at now, thinking about the noise out there, don't be afraid to lean into your niche. Don't be afraid to really get clear on who you are and who you're talking to and lean into that because that's actually going to help you grow. I love that. I think that that's very important and that's a very great advice. So new jewelry artists, listen to her and maybe go to the Stay Gold Collective and learn about the community and be part of the community, which is very, very important. I appreciate that plug. <laughs> It's true. I, I and, and check success with jewelry too. The podcast and the Instagram page, you, you, guys, you guys give great advice. You guys really are very, very passionate about the artist community. And I think it's very important to have that. Liz, you're a gift. You, I love you so much. Um, thank you for talking to me. I really, really appreciate it. The feeling's mutual. Thank you so much for having me. I know. It's like the most that I've seen your face in a long time. <laughs> well, this was really fun. I know. We should do it again. We should definitely Let's do it do again. It again. <laughs> okay. I love chatting. So podcast, no podcast. I'll come I, back. I know we, we, we like to chat. We don't, we're not afraid of chatting, which is great. Okay. Bye. Thanks everyone. Thanks. I'd like to make a correction. After talking to Liz, I actually had a chance to meet Gary Lacaze, thanks to Judy Guive. And she was wonderful and we had a fascinating conversation. I hope in a non-distant future, I can interview her for the podcast. You can follow Liz Katner on Instagram at Liz underscore Katner and follow her website, LizKatner.com for information on the Stay God Collective. Please visit her podcast, Success with Jewelry, and make sure to join her community. Thousand Facets is produced and edited by me. Music by Chris Keys. You can find him on Instagram at Chris underscore Keys underscore underscore. Please remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much. Just a few clowns.